0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fun Size Podcast. If you're new here, my name is Kirsten and I am a nutrition and fitness coach for women under 5'3". And today I'm going to be talking all about macronutrients, what they are, why they're important, who should count them, and how to get started. I personally have been counting macros on and off since 2012 and have been teaching others to count their own macros since about 2017 officially. So I've been around this block enough times to understand all the fears, all the objections, and all the hurdles that might be lurking in your brain when it comes to this subject. The most common misconception about counting macros is that it can be a little intimidating or even extreme for some people. And that is true to a certain extent, but like anything in life, it's something that requires some patience and some practice. For me personally, when I finally felt like I cracked the code and experienced how counting macros worked on my body firsthand, Like the weight loss, the muscle growth, the increased energy, all of that good stuff. It felt like the coolest science experiment ever. And many of my petite clients feel the same way. But that is not to say that it's for everyone all of the time. And I'm going to talk about who it's for and who it's not for in this episode too. But there's a lot I want to get into. There's a lot I want to cover in this episode. So let's just dive on in. So let me start off by briefly explaining that macronutrients are the three essential nutrients that are required in large amounts for our bodies to properly function. These three nutrients include carbs, proteins, and fats. And all three of them have different jobs and responsibilities in the body. For example, carbs, they are our body's primary source of energy, and they help fuel your body for workouts and adventures, and they help fuel your brain for work and all of that stuff. Then you have proteins, which are known to be the muscle builders. They are made up of building blocks to repair and build cells and fibers and tissues, what have you. And then you have fats, which keep your brain sharp, your hormones in check, and your hair, skin, and nails looking clear, healthy, and strong. Now, these three things, carbs, protein, and fats, are actually what make up your calories. So, a good metaphor for this is to think of calories as your total income and your macros as your revenue streams. If you're counting calories, you're only concerned with the total energy intake. But when you're counting macros, you're also focusing on the distribution and the balance of the carbs, proteins, and fats. So basically, this is a much more detailed approach than just simply broad calorie counting. And this right here is one of the many reasons why nutrition is so much more than just calories in and calories out. Because if you really think about it, if it truly were just calories in and calories out, nobody would have any issues losing or gaining weight, right? Like we've all been in deficits before. We've all been in surpluses before. And yet still, we seem to still have this problem, right? So if you want to hear more about why calories in, calories out is complete BS Go listen to the Calories episode on the Maintenance Phase podcast. Honestly, all of their episodes have been so good, and I've been binging all of them lately, so I'll link that in the show notes for you if you're interested, but such a good episode, such a good myth debunker, all of them are really. Anyway, aside from being a much more detailed approach, there are a ton of benefits to counting macros, like... It helps to ensure that you're getting the right balance of each nutrient to support your unique requirements and your specific goals. Everybody's different. Everybody requires different amounts. I'm sure there's like people who do have the same macros, but it's not the same all of the time, whatever. You have a unique set of requirements and you have a specific goal. And counting macros helps to ensure that you're getting the right balance and enough of each one. What I love about counting macros the most is that it allows you to personalize your own eating plan. So you get to choose your meals that fit your preferences and your needs because it's not a diet and you're not fixed to a certain range of foods. Counting macros is a tool. So if you want to eat plant-based, but you also wanna have the flexibility to enjoy a burger from time to time and not be deemed like this sinful person (laughs) by the vegan community. Well, cool, you can do that by counting macros because it's totally up to you and you can mix and match foods to create a balanced and satisfying menu that works uniquely for you. And also, when you count macros, You are becoming more aware of what you're putting into your body. You are becoming more aware of those nutrients. And over time, this practice of paying attention to the foods you eat teaches you about the nutritional content of all of the different foods that you eat. And you start to learn how those certain foods and combinations impact your body, your fitness, and your overall happiness. And this knowledge will stay with you long after you stop counting macros. And it's what is known as intuitive eating. So ultimately and ideally, the goal is for everyone to eventually eat intuitively and not have to count macros for the rest of their lives. Some of us will take a little bit longer to get to intuitive eating than other people will. And some of us choose to keep coming back to macros to stay in check when we need to. And some of us don't even need to count macros at all. So this leads us to who should and shouldn't be counting macros. Counting macros can be especially beneficial for those who have fitness goals like losing body fat, building muscle, or enhancing athletic performance. But that does not mean that counting macros is the ultimate way for everyone all the time. Nutrition isn't black and white and what works for some people doesn't always work for others. And what works for you now might not work for you later. And that's okay. So if you resonate with any of the things that I'm about to say, then you probably don't need to be keeping track of your daily macros right now or ever actually, it all depends. But anyway, if you have no specific dietary goals or health concerns, you probably don't need to count macros. If you are generally maintaining a healthy and balanced diet and you see no reason to change, you don't need to count macros. And if you don't have a specific fitness goal, like losing body fat, building muscle, or enhancing athletic performance, you don't need to count macros. And last but not least, If you have or had disordered eating and feel that thinking about macros may be triggering or uncomfortable, then you probably shouldn't count macros. Now, if none of these situations resonate with you, but you're still a little unsure if counting macros is right for you, feel free to message me on Instagram. I'd be happy to help talk you through it, walk you through it, whatever. Whatever. But while I'm at it, while I'm here, I want to share with you the top three common concerns that I typically hear from most people when they are thinking about counting macros. So myth number one is that once you start, you can't stop. Wrong. (laughs) Just because you start counting macros does not mean that you have to commit to a lifetime of it, unless that's something you're into. But as I was saying before, counting macros is not meant to be a forever thing. You're not signing your life away. Instead, it's a tool that you can use when you want to. Like you can come back to it if you want to. You don't have to do it forever. And if you give it a shot and you find that it's not quite working for you, you, you're not loving it, you can stop anytime without any negative effects. There's no pressure, whatever. Myth number two is that counting macros is hard and time-consuming. Now, I'm going to be straight with you here. This is somewhat true in the beginning. You don't just wake up being really good at something that you've never done before. Like, this sh- takes time to feel like you've really got the hang of it. And when I started counting macros back in 2012, without the help of a coach or a trainer or a course, it took me like six months to feel like I had a grasp on doing it all on my own but the good news is over years of teaching it to dozens if not hundreds of people and through a lot of testing and trial and error and seeing what works for other people I can now teach my VIP clients how to count macros so efficiently that it takes them only about two to four weeks to feel confident about counting macros on their own. And of course, as with anything in life, the more you practice counting macros, the better you'll get. So give it time. This doesn't happen overnight. And then myth number three is what you can eat is limited, which I don't know where this comes from because if you've ever heard of macros or counting macros being referred to as flexible dieting, you would know that this myth couldn't be further from the truth. The beauty of counting macros is really its flexibility. It doesn't promote a specific diet or restrict any food groups. And this means that you can eat any way you like whether that's plant-based carnivore paleo whole 30 whatever it is you want to do whatever style you're into you can do that while counting macros because remember it's a tool it's not a diet so at this point if you feel like counting macros is not for you and that you won't benefit at all you can go ahead and hit pause on this episode, go listen to something else, no hard feelings, I completely understand. But if you do feel that counting macros would benefit you and you're ready to give it a shot, here is my advice for getting started. So first things first is do not use a macro calculator. I know this is a shocking one, right? Because usually that's the first place people hit up. But here's the thing about macro calculators, they only provide general guidelines based on the average assumptions and average values. However, we know that everybody's body is unique and even two people of the same height, weight, age, and activity level could have vastly different calorie macro needs. And your macro needs can vary at different times of your life. like. Like, what I was eating five years ago is very different from how I'm eating now. So while a calorie calculator can spit out numbers that might be ideal for someone of your height, your weight, your age, and activity level, it might not perfectly align with your metabolism, your genetics, your gut biome, and so many other factors. The bigger issue is is this. So let's say you've been counting calories or you've just been in a deficit for as long as you can remember and then you decide you wanted to switch to counting macros because you heard it's better for you and you use a macro calculator to get your numbers. Well, according to this calculator, it says that you need to be eating like a couple hundred more calories more than you have been. And that feeling, it feels a little scary to you, right? Because you've been used to this lower number. But you decide to try it anyway because you've heard such good things about counting macros. And oh my god, the scale goes up. And this is where you most likely freak out and go back to your comfy little deficit. And then the same thing could happen on the other side of the spectrum where you might normally be eating a decent amount of calories. And then the macro calculator determines that you need to eat significantly less what ends up happening is that you were put into way too large of a deficit too fast. You end up feeling restricted and hangry and you're probably going to manage on the weekend and thus you get stuck in the yo-yo dieting cycle. In both of these situations, you'd be like, "Ugh, good, macros doesn't even work. Why am I even doing this? And that is understandable because what just happened is totally frustrating. But do you see how the problem isn't the macros that you were given by this calculator? The problem is the energy or the calorie balance. So here's the secret to avoiding this and making macros work for you. And it's a two-parter here, so bear with me. So first is you'll want to start at your current calorie intake, aka your baseline or your maintenance. But if you haven't been tracking calories or macros and you were just told that you shouldn't be using a calorie calculator, then you wouldn't know where your current calorie intake is, right? Right. This is why the very first thing I recommend that you do before counting macros is simply start tracking all of your meals for about a week. All you want to do is collect data and see where you're at. And this process right here is exactly what I have all of my one-on-one VIP petite clients do the very first week that we start working together. It is so simple and it's extremely beneficial because A, it helps my clients learn how to use a meal tracking app if they've never used one before. And B, it provides both me and the client with this valuable data and insight to really understand their eating habits and how much they're eating and all of that stuff that will later determine how much, how many macros they will need later. So I'm gonna give you the exact instructions that I give to my one-on-one VIP clients to complete this first week task. So obviously start using a meal tracking app like the one in the Fun Size Fitness app or MyFitnessPal or something similar to that. You could also keep a written journal and plug your food into an app at a later time. I would advise this last option for someone who is extremely busy and can't access their phone or gets intimidated by the numbers at first, but I think most of us have the ability to plug the things into our app as we go. As you're logging your foods, be 100% honest about what you're eating. Trying to be good or eat healthier than normal or trying to impress me as your coach won't actually benefit you in the long run because we're trying to find where you're currently at. And the more truthful you are now, the more successful you'll be with counting macros later. With that being said avoid reducing or altering your portion sizes so this one's a little bit tricky because you're probably thinking about food a little bit more than you ever have before when you're logging your foods if you haven't done this yet so it might be a little hard to like not think about it (laughs) which is tricky of course it might be helpful to start using a food scale to accurately measure your portion when logging your meals Using a food scale will be important later on when you're counting macros, so it wouldn't be a bad idea to get that bad boy out now and use it. I do have a blog post all about using a food scale that I'll link in the show notes for you if you need a little extra help there. Also, refrain from going on an all-out binge just because you think this is your last week of freedom, which, by the way, is not the case. So one of the biggest perks of counting macros is the flexibility. And the freedom to include those treats from time to time. So this isn't a diet. This isn't a way of just being like, oh, just screw it all. I'm going to eat everything I want because I don't know when I'm going to have it again. You're probably going to have it again. Okay. So track everything, even if you have a bad day or an off day this is actually really really helpful information in identifying patterns cravings and areas where you can improve and find alternatives this is one of my favorite things to do with my clients when they finish tracking for the week we get on our first call and i go through what they logged and i'm like hey like this year, this meal was great. This meal, if all you did was tweak this one thing, this would have been great too. And like, we just go through and be like, okay, like where could we have made improvements? Where could we have made substitutions and all that stuff? And that helps them really understand that the changes they need to make are not these big, huge, crazy lifestyle changes. <laughs> like it's just small little tweaks to make things better over time. And I cannot say this enough, but it is crucial to be honest with yourself and me, if I'm your coach, and log everything you put in your mouth, including drinks. This process isn't about inducing judgment or guilt or shame on yourself. We're not doing that. All we are doing is collecting data. We're playing detective, okay? So if you're new to meal tracking, don't worry about doing it perfectly. Don't worry about messing up. The best way to learn how to do anything is to just do it. Messing up is all part of the learning process. So take a deep breath and just take it one meal at a time. And then after about a week or so of tracking the foods that you eat, now it's time for the part that you guys have been waiting for this whole episode. Now it's time to do the math. And this is where we calculate your starting macros. We're not necessarily calculate, I shouldn't use that word. It's more like generate or estimate or come up with, um, because we're not doing equations here. We are, so (laughs) what you wanna do here is you wanna find the average of your calories, your carbs, your proteins, and your fats. And sometimes I also like to do sugars, just depending on things. But you wanna find the averages of that, of those four things for across the week that you were simply just tracking. And 99% of the time, what I like to do is I like to keep my clients' calories about the same. And this is like within 100 calories of your average, okay? So about the same. And what I wanna do is I wanna adjust the macronutrients, towards a more balanced ratio. The thing about macronutrient ratios is that there are dozens of them. So if you just Google it really quick, you'll get all these different things. Like this is if you want a higher protein, this is if you want a more keto, like just there's so many to choose from, but they're not set in stone. Um, So they're not like something that you really want to get too hung up on. I'll get to that a little bit more in a second, but this is where I would analyze your macronutrient and calorie averages and then adjust your average of each one of those macros up or down to get closer to a more balanced ratio or one that fits you best. Because if you are super low carb and you're basically eating keto, I'm not going to take you from 10% to 50% of carbs, because that's just a recipe for disaster. So I have to look at what your current ratio is and what a better ratio would be for you. And I have to kind of blend those together and find a starting point. So for example, a balanced ratio might look like roughly 40% of your calories coming from carbs, 30% coming from proteins and 30% coming from fats. However, there are two things to keep in mind when it comes to this whole macro ratio thing. So A, like macro calculators, macro ratios are also just a decent guideline. And there are dozens to choose from. So if you Google real quick, like macro ratios, you'll see a whole bunch, but they're, they're not laws. They are not set in stone. They You don't have to be perfect with them. When it comes to the ratios, the percentage itself does not have to be exactly 40, 30, 30. They could be 42, 29, 29. Like there's just, we are not looking to be, to hit that percentage perfectly. And the thing about macros if it, is if you are trying to be perfect and hit them perfectly all the time, you are going to get very discouraged very quickly. Um, That is the most wrong way to do macros is to aim for perfection because you just almost can't be. Like you have to give yourself grace and flexibility and that's part of the beauty of counting macros is that you can have that. I'm getting off on a different topic now but try not to aim for perfection because that might lead you down another rabbit hole of like disordered eating unfortunately but... Okay, anyway, (laughs) macro ratios are just a guideline, but they are not the end-all be-all. They're a good place to kind of get your bearings. And then the second part of that is that the adjustments to your macro averages that we make to get or generate your starting targets, those adjustments should be minor and realistic. For example... Let's say a new client was averaging about 90 grams of protein during the week that she just simply tracked, but based on her calorie intake and her ideal macro ratio and her goals and her, where her body currently is right now, she should be eating about 130 grams, ideally. Now, increasing by 40 grams of protein might be way too extreme and unrealistic for this person. It generally is for most people, and she's likely to feel extremely discouraged in the beginning if she doesn't reach that higher goal right away. She's going to be like, this is too hard, this is too much, and that's kind of what tends to deter people from macros, and they just stop because they're like, this is too hard, this is too difficult, too everything, right? Too overwhelming, And on the flip side of that, if she does end up reaching that 130, if she's just like gung-ho and she's like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make sure that it works. She is probably going to feel pretty uncomfortable in those bowel movements because 40 grams extra protein per day, like if you're hitting that consistently, is a lot on your system to adjust to so we don't want to do that we don't want to make you feel uncomfortable we want to instead set that protein target to be realistic and attainable so for this particular person it might be 95 to 100 grams like we're talking only 5 to 10 grams more than she currently was eating and this would be much more attainable and Please, 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 before I go any further, please keep in mind that these numbers that I just mentioned are just examples and they're not for everybody. They're not for every petite. Everybody's macro needs are so different and can differ at different parts of your life. So just take all of these numbers and stuff with a grain of salt, please. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so if this client was, you know, just increased her protein by that five to 10 grams to start, this would be much more attainable. And then once she feels confident and consistent with this amount, it might take a couple weeks for her to feel good here. Then that's when we would adjust slightly higher again. Maybe not so much, so big as a 10 gram increase, but you get my point. We would adjust slightly higher again. And over time, we just keep doing that a little bit more, a little bit more until we reach that, 130 or somewhere around there comfortably. And then once we're there, we'll reassess after a few weeks of being there at that higher target. And we'll see like, are her bowel movements consistent? Is she feeling good? Like all of the factors that come in with this and, you know, are her carbs and her fat still at a comfortable level with her protein being that high, like there's just so many moving pieces and things that are happening. So we need to always reassess and see how that person's feeling, how you're feeling. And so remember how I said that this was a two-parter for making macros work for you? Well here's the kicker, okay? One set of macros will not work for you forever and this is why we make those adjustments over time in order to see those consistent changes to your body, because remember, if you are counting macros, you likely have some sort of body goal. Um, So if you want to see those consistent changes to your body, you'll also wanna make consistent changes to your macros. Now this doesn't mean every day because that would be ludicrous, but over time, so over the course of weeks, and so for us, Petite girls especially, this is the only time that I feel like I'm mentioning petites in this episode. So just FYI, this information that I just talked about basically is good for people of all heights, all weights, all everything, right? We still want to make sure that we're doing the best that we could for the individual and not using a calculation. But anyway, for us petites especially, those adjustments that we want to make from week to week to our macros they're not drastic like they're actually very tiny and seemingly unnoticeable but they do add up over time again this is actually information for people of all heights i don't even know why i'm specifying it i guess it's just a little bit more crucial for us i guess because we don't have these large swings to or some of us don't have a large enough calorie pool to play with um But anyway, these small changes and adjustments are the best for sustainable and long-lasting results. End of story. (laughs) Big calorie jumps are just not realistic. They're not sustainable. They're not long-lasting. You're going to end up bouncing back. So slow and controlled is the name of the game. If you're unsure about the appropriate macro ratio for your goals and how to set your starting macros from your first week of tracking, your averages, I want you to know that this is a totally normal feeling. And this is why many people reach out to nutrition coaches or dietitians for guidance because there is a lot to unpack here. There's a lot going on. And I also just really, really, really want you to know that if you hire me to determine your macros or someone like me who knows that there's much more to nutrition than calories in and calories out, I'm not going to a silly little website and plugging your stats into a macro calculator and getting these numbers that you can get yourself. I'm not doing that. I am truly taking into account all of the things that I know about you based on all the things that I ask you and while we get set up in the program. Um, but I'm taking all these things that I know about you and your goals to come up with starting macros that not only fit you, but also feel attainable and realistic. Because again, that that mindset piece A feeling like you can do this is so important in getting started with macros because if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe that you're capable of succeeding with macros, if you don't believe that you have time or the patience or whatever, if you don't believe that you have any of that, you're not going to succeed with it. It's just like anything in life. If you wake up every day and you look in the mirror and you're like, I am the worst person in the world. I am not worthy of living i am incapable of doing the things that i should be doing then you're never gonna be that person that you want to be you're just gonna constantly be stuck so being confident that you will be able to count macros in a successful way is so important and it's so overlooked i feel like sometimes but anyway we want those starting targets to be attainable and realistic. And then for the duration of our coaching contract, I'll continue to monitor your progress and how you're feeling, especially this is why we do weekly check-ins. This is why we get on coaching calls. So I know what's happening. So I know what you're feeling because what you're feeling plays so much of a role into all of this. And I can't stress that enough. It's not just numbers. We're not just throwing numbers at you because that's, that's not realistic. But anyway, all of this is to adjust your macros slowly over time so that you keep making progress. But anyway, let's reel it back in because I know that the adjustment part can be pretty overwhelming if you haven't done it before, if you have no idea what you're doing. So don't worry about making those adjustments to your macros later. Don't worry about the making consistent progress yet. We need to first make sure that you have a baseline. So if you're just getting started with macros You'll just want to focus on establishing that baseline right now. And the best way to do that is to start tracking your macros or start logging your foods. I should say, don't even look at the numbers yet. Just start tracking your foods. Be honest with yourself, track your meals and collect that data. And if you're not ready to get the averages after a week of tracking, if you're not feeling that confident in it yet, no worries keep tracking until you feel ready to look at those numbers. And if you're looking for more 360 support and you don't want to spend six months trying to figure this all out on your own like I did, but instead you want to feel comfortable and confident in your ability to count macros within two to four weeks, then apply for my one-on-one petite nutrition and fitness coaching program to see if we're a good fit. I'll leave that link in the show notes for you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I know it was a long one that was jam-packed with a lot of information. So if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out and ask. Thanks again. And as always, I will catch you in the next episode.